0: Is the bloody disgusting podcast network?
1: Hey, I'll soul. I'll soul. I'll soul. <laughs> Swallow this. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada.
2: Let's go! I'm Trevor. I'm Lauren.
1: I'm Leo. And And we're the the Boo Boo Crew. Crew! Welcome to episode 63. This week. We are joined by Kiko Bailey and Eric Wessel from Burbank, California's Mystic Museum. They brought along Jose Canas from Sam Raimi's Ghost House Pictures to talk all about, if you're listening to this at the time of release, their new exhibit, The Evil Dead, an immersive experience opening September 7th.
2: Hear about the inception of their store and their spooky history in selling occult and haunted items and how it evolved into the unique experience it is today.
3: Open the storage locker for the story of how screen-used relics from the original iconic Evil Dead films were uncovered after over 30 years to be enjoyed for the very first time in this incredible space that is a true gem in the L.A. horror community. So what are you waiting for? Grab your
1: boomstick and let's go! Hail to the king, baby. Evil Dead. They got up on the wrong side of the grave. Haunted attractions, conventions and experiences. Cuts! To the front of the line with Local Haunts.
3: The Magnolia Park area in Burbank, California has become a mecca for horror fans with shops like Dark Delicacies, the only all-horror book and gift store in the United States. Halloween Town, made up of three separate locations, each specializing in their own spooky subdivision. The amazing thing is, all these incredible places are merely just a few blocks from each other. There's truly no place in the world quite like it. At the center of what has come to be known as the Monster Crawl is the crowning jewel of the Los Angeles dark arts, occult and horror community. Bearded Lady Vintage and its sister space right next to it, the Mystic Museum. A blissfully curated collection of oddities, medical specimens, antiques, taxidermy and occult items available to peruse and to purchase for your own collection they have provided a home for psychics a safe space and a study hall for witchcraft a lecture podium for your favorite genre actors and directors a stunning canvas for local dark artists and for their own groundbreaking exhibits that reinvent the gallery experience through this careful immersion what they have ended up doing is something beyond being just another eclectic shop they've connected with people and have created a community where we line up around the block to visit things like their famous slashback video pop-up or most recently at the time of this recording their monsters and adams family show on september 7th Mystic Museum is teaming up with Renaissance Pictures to present the Evil Dead, an immersive experience. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio to tell us all about it are the owners of Mystic Museum and Bearded Lady Vintage, Kiko Bailey and Eric Wessel, and from Sam Raimi and Rob Tappert's Ghost House Pictures, Jose Canyas.
1: Yes! yes.
3: <laughs> Thank you guys all so right. much for making the trip out here. Thank you. We're Thank you huge. for such a great
4: introduction. Oh my oh, yeah, god. Amazing, yeah.
3: What you guys do for the horror community is uh, beyond belief. It's seriously incredible, and all your hard work has definitely paid off, and just bringing everybody together. Thank you. Wow, thanks.
2: Thank you. Let's start by going around the room and hearing everybody's first impactful experience with horror cinema.
5: Wow. And where do I start? <laughs> I just remember Friday nights just watching movies with my family and being able to bring home or my father, I think at the time, would bring home R-rated movies, which we weren't supposed to watch, but it would be horror. And the horror was almost the one exception that you could actually watch, you know, if it was R-rated. So I just, like, Grew up watching the movies in the 80s when they came out. And that's kind of like, I think what a lot of people are missing now is they didn't watch them when they came out, even though they're all iconic now. One of my favorite ones, which stuck with me for years and years until this day is Monster Squad. So that's very, very impacted in my head right now. Oh, yeah. The Warner Brothers studio tour a lot. They filmed oh, yes. a lot of those key scenes. I don't know what was about that movie. It was just so amazing. And I remember for a short period of time, it kind of got lost in history and no one knew what it was. And yeah. I kept on mentioning it like do you remember this movie i even remember one time i just i forgot the name of the movie but like as a kid, it was a big part of my life, and then I was growing up and going through adolescence and teenage, and all. Of a I was like, "Do you remember this one movie?" I forget it, and I would describe it about kids, kind of like the Goonies, but they're like fighting monsters, but they're all universal monsters. And then get back into it, and then all of a sudden, just it has this huge resurgence, and I they deserve it because this is a great movie. There's a documentary about that movie right now. Yeah, Wolfman Scott Nark. Yeah, right. Wolfman, yeah, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know is what I said all the time, and I I used to just scream that line over and over again, and it was, it was awesome. <laughs> (laughs) I have a twin brother, so we were running around doing the same thing, and he actually kicked me in the (laughs) knuckles. Kiko, how about you?
4: I grew up, my mother collected many, many different horror movies, VHSs. It was just a massive collection, so her and I, my sisters, would watch them all the time, and yeah, it was just a very memorable time in my life. And just making sure, obviously, to make sure that all the VHSs were alphabetized, that was like a major thing, too. So it's like, always had to keep them in order, but you know, that's kind of how I became into like, the spooky world, that was kind of normal Is there one that know? stood out That like hooked you? There's so many I mean I, I watch like People Under the Stairs oh. where, Uh oh, Parents is one of my movie. favorites I watch that all the time I like horror comedies too So like The Burbs And Big Trouble Little China Is one of my favorites too So massive different ones Nice
3: yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever do Delusion? That no. immersive oh, no, I Haunt I thing? Been, no Every year they've been doing it In a different historic house Just mm. randomly in LA The first bunch of them Were at this house In the West Adams district They had used this giant home that kind of looked like the haunted mansion on the exterior, with like those Greek pillars in the front, yeah. like the traditional like white mansion, yeah. mm-hmm. and then yeah. right across the street. Is the house from People Under the Stairs. that's awesome. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I think the guy who owns, might own a few of those houses in the area and then rents them out for production. So the last I saw, you can literally go online in in the film location website or whatever, rent that house out. And it's completely empty, but it it looks incredible inside. And actually, that particular house has a stage inside on the top floor.
1: The People Under the Stairs house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sounds really awesome. Someone's (laughs) going to ask him if there's a slide. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. my house will one day have that <laughs> and what about you jose i think it all started for me was always terrified of horror movies like very scared vivid nightmares and one day i was in the fourth grade private elementary school and um our teacher was like you know what i don't want to teach you guys anything today here's a movie clicks on the creature from the black lagoon don't ask me why i don't know why she does it but i just immediately fell in love with it and it scared me so much i think the reason it scared me is the famous scene with the girl swimming and stuff There's just that moment where he goes to reach for her foot and he doesn't touch it. And I think that made it for me, honestly, that moment where he doesn't touch her foot just made me always wonder what was under me in the water that's not touching me.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: I I think I got into horror at that moment. It just kind of like clicked for me and I was like, wow, this is it for me. And then later on, I know I'm young. I get a lot of flack for being young and stuff, but we did have Blockbuster when I was a kid as well. And I was at a Blockbuster with all my friends walking down the uh, horror aisle and someone picks up a VHS and goes, the evil dead. What is that? sounds stupid that sounds like something Jose would make and I was like okay I want to make horror movies with it. This, is, this is it and then I watched that movie and I was like this movie is perfect what are you guys talking about so
3: that kind of sealed the deal for me Kiko and Eric tell us a bit about your background and the path to creating that
5: first original incarnation of the bearded lady interesting story I guess the shortened version is I yes. didn't want to work That's for anyone anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to work for anyone I wanted to work for myself didn't want a boss I didn't get want to told what to do I didn't want to be yelled at for being two minutes late um I still do that yeah she's she, <laughs> Well, she yelled at me. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> but now I'm I'm a half an hour, an hour late. No, I'm joking. I was uh, a chef for many, many years, and one of my last jobs was kitchen consultant and working in the kitchen and just doing that. And if anyone knows anything about the kitchen industry or, or being a chef? Long hours, low pay. It's just brutal, and it there's nothing to it. You're not gonna advance. You're not getting anywhere. You're never gonna make enough money. and You're not always gonna work too much. And just being depressed one day and walking down the street, and I lived in North Hollywood, and my stroll for being depressed or just trying to get out and take a breather and think was going down Magnolia and I would go all the way down to you know what is now the Monster Crawl, and, you know, I'd pass mm-hmm. all those stores. I would go probably all the way almost to Bonavista from Linkersham. Wow. And it's also an ex- exercise, too. <laughs> oh, so my God. I did. That's yeah. a yeah. walk. Yeah. That is a workout. <laughs> it doesn't take as long as you think, though. Really? So, yeah, no, it doesn't Like I guess so if all. you haven't yeah. actually yeah. tried it, which yeah. I haven't, usually you're in car, but yeah. And so then I would cross the street and I started walking down the other side on my truck back home, and then I saw... This little house looking thing, and it was a storefront, but it said for lease in the window. And I was like, man, I really want to own my own store. I called. Right away. No, actually, there wasn't even a a number on it. It just said for lease. So I went inside (laughs) the store. The person that was about to leave was a sewing or knitter or some kind of something like that. That's what the store was. And then so I said, do you have the landlord's number? She gave it to me. I called the number on my walk home. And by the time I got home, I got the phone call back. And, you know, from there, it was about one month until we had the store open. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So I talked to Kiko and I said, hey, you want to do this? We know vintage. We should do what we know. And a little pushback from her, you know, just, you know, (laughs) it's a jump, you know, you're either going to fly or you're going to fall. And uh, she was a little scared. So was I, but I just figured I either make no money doing my own thing or make no money working for somebody else yeah so I'm gonna do it so we did it we worked really hard and about a month later we had the place everything from remodel to stocking to everything we had the place open in a Within month in four weeks in four weeks yeah wow, wow. Kind of wow. Weeks. now I look yeah.
4: back at it and I'm like
5: and that that's insane in, that includes like real construction like taking yeah. down walls and stuff yeah wow. and wow. so we just did that we worked all day all night we still do work all day all night and we had it open and then it was about I think the first week of being open so it was a lot of vintage antiques and things like that and one week where we decided we. decided really need to push the oddities side because that is what separated us from the rest of the antique stores. Back then, uh it was about seven years ago, that's when the street was mainly antiques and vintage. And so we wanted to make sure we were different from all those stores. Like I said, do what you know. And, you know, we knew creepy and weird and, and spooky. So we just quickly, it took about a week just to make sure that we pushed that aspect of our oh, yeah, store and, more than anything. Yeah, and then yeah.
4: luckily we went to an estate sale of a woman that used to ghost hunt in like yeah. the 60s, 70s. Oh, Oh, so that was really cool. Awesome. So that was but the first
5: bulk of her. Yeah.
4: yeah so it's really kind of meant to be in a
5: sense. You I spent feel. all of her money like, just That's exactly like, what I love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We bought her ghost hunting machines and a lot of them were built herself. She built them herself because they're from the 70s. Now you could go and buy ghost hunting equipment on eBay or Etsy. Mm-hmm. It was the 70s or in the 60s where she was ghost hunting and we had her manuscripts. We had reel-to-reels of her ghost like, investigations. No yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. We, <laughs> we did a listening party after we got on. We did a listening party on actual reel-to-reel where people could come to the shop and listen to him one night, and we had drinks and popcorn and everything, and then we auctioned them off that night. That is
3: crazy! Was there crazy, psycho-chilling stuff on those tapes? Did it get pretty real? It got pretty real.
5: You could hear ghost voices on a couple of the recordings yeah. Oh, it was, yeah, it was really cool I wish you still had them yeah I wish we wish yeah. you didn't I think we kind of undersold them but then at the same time you know we don't want to hold on to something we, we're here for the collectors we're here for the customers we're here to make sure that they also get you know something that they want to cherish mm. and, and so just knowing that somebody really really wanted it and I know for the fact the person that bought it, it he's a huge collector and it's in a great collection and I'm pretty sure like he'll end up playing it for people and stuff like that so it's really great that it's like Collector, and it's in a collection of where people can see it. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the earlier oddities items that you guys obtained, and how did you get them? Besides for estate sales, a lot of times, you know, once we got known for it, people walked in and just sell us stuff. We had to search. Back then, you had to search, 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 search. So if you could think of an outlet how to get something, we did it all. So we spent our mornings waking up early at seven in the morning, even earlier to go to either state sales garage sales flea markets all of the above craigslist ads ebay we did all of that all the time that's how we kind of started and then got to the trickle effect people knowing who we are and then mm-hmm. contacting us and going from that so the ghost hunting stuff was a major one that kind of helped stock the store with the supernatural stuff that we really like and then we're at another state sale where we got our first human skull we sold it within four hours of being in the store oh now. my oh, god gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: oh you guys yeah. got to talk about the one you showed me yesterday oh, what did I really yesterday? old one
4: uh, embalming kit. Which, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole kit, like mm-hmm. a, a mortician's oh, kit from like, like the tra- 30s or 40s?
0: Yeah, like a traveling yeah. kit. It's cool. Oh, yeah. no, no. Like the 3,000-year-old. Oh,
5: uh, the
4: mummy mask. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's in
5: the museum right now. Yeah, yeah. so that's in
4: the museum. It's a yeah. uh, mummy mask. It's about 2,500 years old.
5: Yeah. And that was on loan from the Cairo Museum, but now it's actually going to be permanently displayed in our museum. So we have like antique mummy stuff. We even have the embalming stuff where you they would take the spoon up the nose to get the the, get brain, the brains yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. So we have like an original one of those. Bandages, bandages, yeah. Do you go out and sometimes source this material from actual museum collections at times? Well, that was like, um, you know, a friend of ours who works closely with us, who is an anthropologist who did a European trip and, or not European, Egyptian. (laughs) He went to Egypt (laughs) and because he's, it was an anthropology major, he got to go through some digs that normal people can't go through. So it was like an education thing. So he's like, okay, you could go through And when he told people, hey, I'm affiliated with the Mystic Museum, they're like, here, take it. Take it, take it. They really dig up a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. they want it to be seen. So they want it to be in museums. So if they find that you can get it into a museum, you know, you have to fill out a whole thing though and, and everything like that and make sure you have it insured and everything. But then they say, you could have it right now and... You just give me your address, and we'll ship it out to you, and they double-check to make sure the museum's a real thing, and then, you know, you get it, and then that's it. <laughs> but then uh, they were asking for everything back because they're opening up their really big museum in Cairo.
2: So. Have you ever obtained anything that you thought was haunted?
5: Oh, all the time. We, that we did that religiously. We actually... Sought out haunted odd items and we sold them. Yeah, so really? we yeah for a while. Sometimes there, the ghost we were doing stay it. though. Yeah, sometimes the ghost stay. That's yeah. true. Like in the first yeah. incarnation of the store, or in, the, mm-hmm. in the in yeah, the yeah. well yeah. so now, we still do it. So, but we did it for a, a long time though. We were literally that's what was what our focus was for a while was buying haunted objects and then selling them to people who want haunted objects. Mm-hmm. So while these
3: items are in your store, mm-hmm. did you guys experience any paranormal activity? All
4: the time. Yeah. All, we still I mean that's do like the the, that's
3: like
5: daily
4: thing. And that's a that's daily usual.
5: thing. Yeah. Like, what's the craziest
4: thing (laughs) that's happened?
5: Well, you can tell your story. I'll tell my story.
4: Well, I mean, there's, like, I've seen lots of things. Like, things have moved. I hear noises. I think... Above all, like there's like a little girl that I saw and she's like around eight or nine, but it was kind of interesting because um I looked over and it's kind of like solid form and she had her hair in her face, but she was looking at us like she was interested in what we were doing. Like mm. it wasn't scary at all. Like I knew it wasn't like she was just trying to be um creepy because it looked creepy, but I knew it wasn't that intention. A few months later, one of my psychic medium friends came by without me telling her the story. She said that there's a little girl here. She's about eight or nine and she has her hair in her face and she's playing hide and seek in it. That's what I saw but that's why I knew it wasn't like a scary thing to see because she's kind of playing. So that was very interesting.
0: think you guys are going to have to do this what? exhibit by yourself.
4: I Later. Yeah, yeah.
0: We lost one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, wait till you stay
5: late night and help out. Late night is when it happens. So especially <laughs> yes. when
4: you're by yourself and you're trying to get some extra work done. The music will cut out for some weird reason of course and... Or it'll, yeah. it'll stop and yeah. then start
5: again but it's very that. high volume yeah wow. it will just stop and then all of a sudden the, the loudest volume it could be like it's oh, when they like the music though. when you look at your phone or sonos. so we have a sonos so everything's linked to your phone you could manage it through your phone and you'll see the volume knob someone's fingers on it moving back and forth but it's oh. not doing it. you see it moving what? Yeah. when that happens i like i'm out I'm up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done for the night. That's the ghost telling me I'm working too hard. In your hypothesis, would you figure that these are entities that were attached to items that were once haunted that were brought in? I think it's a little both. So there's going to be some attachments for sure. But then there's also because we're so accepted of that, it's almost a safe haven, like a waiting room, you know, for ghosts, you know? If I was a
4: ghost, I would want to haunt our place. Our place is cool. Uh, Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
5: I got an idea. You guys
3: (laughs) got to mount these cameras, live stream it after you leave. Right. Exactly. How would you go about, again, like acquiring haunted objects? Would it be just a word of mouth thing? Would someone just walk in and be like, you know what? I can't have this in my home anymore. Will you take it? And you're like, okay.
5: Mm -hmm, That's exactly what happens.
3: Wow. Wow. (laughs) For example, are there a couple of items that you can talk about in
5: particular that had an interesting story? This photograph or is a portrait, like an 1800s portrait that... A friend's mother, who runs estate sales, found it and gave it to her son, and he started experiencing a lot of like bad things in like the house—voices, voices, voices yeah. things being thrown, stuff like that. So when it comes to hauntings, sometimes you just don't throw it away. You feel like you want to like give it to somebody or do something, it's like you, you, know, like you it's just don't destroy yeah. it. It's so, even worse. I get that feeling when people say, I just don't want to throw it, but I want to like make sure that it goes to the right place. Mm. So he was trying to give it to people. I think one time he gave it to a friend, and then a few weeks later, it's at his front porch. Oh. Yeah. And sometimes the friend says, I don't even know what happened to it. Like, I lost it. But it's back at his front porch. What? And so that happened over and over again with him. Then of um, course, then he's yeah.
4: like, oh, why not I bring it to, yeah. to us? That's, yeah. that's how we and got then, it. So he yep. came to us, huh. and
5: then I... Friend, framed it I kind of made it all nice and neat and almost like gave it like a new life like acceptance but the cool thing about it is the front of it she's like dressed but she has this little pendant like on her neck looks like a little plus sign and that's actually a pagan symbol Ooh. And That's gonna know because there's more to the story. Then in the back, in what language okay. was it? In Swedish. In Swedish, it says: "Look from afar, do not look in the eye, or no, don't or touch, right? Or don't touch, or something like that." And of
4: course, we didn't. Yeah. No, we didn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'm so we are. It. Yeah. It. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically,
5: somebody already put a warning on it. Holy. Yeah. And it's, from, and, it's yeah. and
4: it's a super old
5: warning. Yeah. yeah. Like, from
4: the 30s or so.
5: There's a movie there for sure. Yeah, And so, but here's the freaky thing. So we finally have it. Actually, Medium came in and it was in a little tiny side room. I don't know if you remember the first shop and there was a kind of like a side room and to the main room that you walk in, it's all those tiny little stores. Didn't even get in that room, but she looks over and she said, someone's talking to me. She's like, there's a lady in there and she's a high priestess. And sure enough, when she goes and it's like, yeah, see that symbol around her neck? That's a symbol of a high priestess. Yeah. So we're whoa. like, whoa. But then everything's fine. She's like, she likes it here. You're giving her a home. You respect her by framing it, stuff like that. So everything was doing well. And then the guy who gave it to us, all of a sudden, he's like, it's happening again. The picture's coming back to me. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm not giving it back to you. <laughs> he's like... I'm gonna have to ask for it back because I think I'm supposed to be on an episode of a haunted TV show and they want the picture back
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so
5: what? that was so that was pretty funny but I don't know whatever happened to that I don't know if that got filmed or not got filmed but yeah it was supposed to be for he was supposed to be in an episode of one of those haunted shows and pretty interesting I was like whoa we're like, gonna walk outside yeah. of this house and it's gonna be waiting yeah, for it's, us gonna us be way. Way. <laughs> it's gonna be right there <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so
3: cool.
5: the thing is it's really good to know about entities and ghosts and spirits and however you want to call them, is that they're all not bad. They're all not evil. We consider, especially the ones that are in our shop right now almost like a good luck charms so they're there to protect us they're there to you know help us out so it's not just an evil entity it's not just no yeah, i don't think yeah, so at all no at all.
1: was there anything ever returned because it might have felt evil or unsettling we have
5: stuff anonymously returned to us in the mail all the time oh shit sure. wow. yeah some of it i think is just someone else just overreacting yeah like right. mm-hmm. you know a tarot deck <laughs> got returned to us once now with so much heart
3: that goes into a lot of the search of finding these things, they're very much all handpicked with care and purpose. Is there anything that is really hard for you to let go of? Everything. <laughs> I th- yeah, everything. Is it heartbreaking for each little thing to leave the store in a way?
4: Not everything, but like, I oh. mean, that's kind of how the Mystic Museum came about is like, we started collecting lots of spirit boards and things like that. And just like, they're super hard to find these days, like, yeah. like early 1900s. So it was more like a way for us to purchase them and not sell them, but have them on permanent display so people can view. So that's kind of how the Mystic Museum came
5: about. Every time a Ouija board would come in, we kept those. There's always a lot of stuff that's just like, I really need this. And it's easier now... Than it was when we didn't have the museum is because we could look at something now and be like, okay, that's going in the museum. And now I feel like it's getting use out of it. But before, as much as I wanted to keep everything, I also wanted to keep the store progressing. So we need to have the stuff on the floor. We need to sell it. We need the collectors to come in and see that we have the items that they want as well. We did, I think at first, sell off a lot of our personal collection just to start store to begin with. But it's now to get to the point where it's easy if we do see something and we want to be like, ah, that's awesome. And we kind of started like a rule. It's like, okay, if it
0: doesn't sell in like three weeks, then it's ours. You know, we'll keep it. Stuff like that. So, you guys cross your fingers that it doesn't sell in three weeks. (laughs) 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 Describe the evolution of switching
3: spaces
5: from that initial house to what's now the twin stores. We thought that we were going to move the original store. And so we were looking at places. Like, where where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Looking at different places. So we were talking to different landlords and stuff like that. We had this place in mind. All of a sudden, we're like, okay, we're going to stay at this place. So it's probably better to stay because we don't want to do the move at a time. But we have this other idea to move. We didn't want to like go, let the lease go of this new place that we thought we we're going to move to. So we always had in the back of our mind of, uh, about putting the Ouija boards on display, mm-hmm. and so that kind of is what he said, like started the idea of the museum, and then also just our love for the paranormal, for for mysticism, for the cultism. We didn't see an outlet for people to really learn or be educated on it, or to to even see antique items or very rare items. That's hard to come by so with that happened with the leases that's when the light bulb went off our heads like we could just do that now let's do it we just kind of like thought about it and kind of like had our collection like okay we all molded around that Ouija collection and then with the antique books which is one of my favorite collections that we have actually in in the museum is our cult book collection we just knew if we were going to do the museum we wanted to do it right and we spent a lot a lot of time decorating that back area oh looks amazing but now we spend a lot of time every four months decorating the back area. yeah Right. Because so, it's yeah, like
3: remodeled yeah, yeah, yeah. completely almost from scratch every time there's every a new time, exhibit.
5: Yeah. Every time. And we're going full force. Every show It's just a little more. But this next one, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a complete change. It's going to be amazing and well worth it. We did that. We opened up the museum. It was great. The opening night, which was amazing. We also wanted to support local artists. So we didn't want to just do a museum, but an outlet for our local artists and a national artist as well to do their creepy art, their supernatural art. It was an art show, art gallery within a museum. So, which was really great because I've never really seen that before. Every time we just like, we want to keep it fresh. And that's the idea to like change it up every three months came right away, which is great. We were walking back and forth and working on both stores. And it was like, even though only a few blocks away, it was still kind of hard on us. Sure. When we saw that the place next door is coming available, we're like, this is just an opportunity to make it one giant, like, awesome location for people could come and not only look at the vintage and oddity stuff, but they could also go to the museum and do that. And it become like a whole day trip for people to do.
4: It's not just a shop. It's more of an experience as yeah. well.
5: Sometimes people will hang out in the front and not even know that the museum is actually in the back. Yeah. A lot and, of
4: times we're like, this is yeah. the museum, right? I was like, no, it's in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, very, it's wait, a very wait, nice compliment. Yeah.
5: yeah. I want to know more about this occult book collection. We have everything from palmistry books to witchcraft books, occult books, and even old Magic books. We have an old book, probably from the 1700s. So that's an old magic book pre Houdini. It actually uh, features Houdan, who's where Houdini got his name from. Wow! Oh, yeah, so that's really awesome. It's almost too old to really go through.
3: Sure, like the pages yeah, yeah, just crumble, yeah, turns yeah, to re- dust.
5: Yeah, it's really amazing. Just all sorts of books, like even a really old book that teaches you how to like use the Ouija board, which is amazing. Probably over a hundred books. Uh, like all like supernatural things
4: is early eighteen hundreds or so, like the talks mm-hmm. of spiritualism. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that.
5: We even have a, a book, and I think it's actually up front. It's like Medicine of the Soul or something, and it's actually an argument whether the soul is actually in the body, like a heart in a lung like is it an organ or is it not and it was a, a medical argument about the soul it's a really mm. interesting book actually jose was helping us you know r- rearrange Listen. that section <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just mentioned the smell the minute you open that cabinet you
0: just you're it smells like a thousand libraries in one yeah room. that's amazing that it's that's great. so great yeah i was <laughs> so scared to touch them like we were like moving them from one place to the other and i was like oh god oh god oh god all of them are separate necronomicons
5: yeah, yeah. is that right
1: yeah. do any of these books have like a unique thing about them? Like are, some of them maybe perhaps are self-published or have weird
5: notes in them or anything? Oh, I do have a self-published occult pamphlet, I think from 1920s, oh, but it's right. like all like paper typed out on a typewriter and stuff like that. So it's pre-published occult. I think it's a, a study too. Some of them have really great embossed embroidered covers, which are my favorite ones, when you can actually like feel the leather and oh, in right, invention. Right. Oh man, so great.
2: How far in advance do you plan these exhibits? Oh. Like, do you know what's coming <laughs> after this one and the next one or
5: nice to know so we do okay. plan some of them very far in advance and some of them just we just plan like yeah, okay it comes th- to yeah.
4: us that's how we kind of work is like
5: we oh. don't like to force them if it just pops in our head We're like we actually change ideas two to four times before we get the idea this new one the evil dead though we've been playing this for a while yeah that yeah. One's, yeah. The one's been <laughs> <Yeah. planning. laughs> we've been talking about this for a very long very time. long time yeah. Yeah. yeah this is good to finally that it's uh it's underway there's been a shows that we actually plan like a month before and a show that we plan wow. like year before how much time do you give yourself for the build out we used to give ourselves only a week Ooh, oh, jeez! This is the longest one, and it's uh, a little under a month that we're taking to do this one. So, oh, it's wow, it's great! So, and because you, I mean, you do a lot of stuff though. Like
3: the monsters one, for instance, you're in there making the spot. You did the <laughs> yeah, Dragula the recreations like screen perfect. So a lot of that stuff you're doing yourself. Those you bills, know, the Shape of Water tank that you
5: had, yeah, yeah. life size. Oh, that one oh, was crazy. Yeah, yeah I do it all myself, and I'm I'm learning to accept help, which is awesome. This one we definitely have a lot of help. Thanks, Jose, and we're getting some from. Friends and volunteers for this one because we wanted to make it bigger and better than any show. We want every next show to be bigger and better than any next show. But for the most part, yeah, I I do kind of like I like to have control of the designs of stuff like that. I'm very meticulous and I want to make sure it is screen accurate. The best that you could get it. Like the Dragula was really hard because you have to find parts that look like they're antique parts from when they bought them and built it back in the day. That's really hard. Be You either have to I have to make it myself or if I have to find other things that I can combine together so they look like that piece. Or I get lucky enough to actually find the antique piece that it was and I use it. What's important about that for you? I mean when you walk in the store if you haven't been in the store, you're listening to this, you haven't been in the
3: stores. The art direction is impeccable. It's in. Enchanting when you walk in, and when you were talking about some of these items that we're talking about, why is that so important to you? How do
5: you? I think it's
4: important to us for sure. I just feel like it's very comes very natural to us. I wouldn't have it any other way. My eye sees the way it does, and I don't know how to not display something different or to give an experience i guess that's anything less of what we do
5: what i think has to do with the fact that we started with finches and antiques so we we want it to be og original we yeah. wanted to have that non-reproduction look we want it to look like the original thing we wanted you know we're i guess purist in a sense when it comes to that, at least I am. I guess we just don't want it to be cheesy looking. Sure, <laughs> yeah. right. I just love it when something comes together and it looks so close that you'd have to double take to say, "Oh wait, is that real?" <laughs> There's been a couple compliments I got from a couple things that we've done. One is the chair from American Horror Story. Oh where my re- god, yeah. Recreated the voodoo chair. One of the makeup artists from the show came to the exhibit and said, "Well, how did you get the chair?" I was like, "I built it." They're like, "Oh." oh, I thought that was the actual chair. Oh, that's awesome. I did the actress's makeup while she was sitting in the chair. And so to hear that is really amazing because then you're just like, oh, great. I did it so close that somebody that was actually right in front of the chair before. Another thing was the Freddy TV. Yes. That was so much fun. The guy who built the original one was walking by the store during like one of the Ladies Night Out events they do there and I see him. I don't know. I did not know who he is, what he looks like, but I see this guy walk by and you just see his neck like, in his back <laughs> arch as his legs keep walking but his head <laughs> looking in the it keeps looking in the door and then he has to stop i think his wife and he's he like i have to go look and he comes in he's like how oh, would you get this how'd you get that" and he goes "oh" that's not the real one I was like oh yeah I built it he's like yeah I built the original one I was like wow no. I was like oh my god did you I was like you should come back when you have more time and you know it would be awesome so it's really good to hear that from people So that's a trip that's now a I cool. want a spot yeah. underneath our stairs yeah, yeah well Eric's <laughs> the guy yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll <all> talk after <laughs> yeah. well let us
5: know we, we do sometimes put our, our mechanical exhibits and other pieces up for sale and other than that we bring them to conventions so you could see them we'll bring our past photo ops and people pieces to conventions for people to enjoy too. We're going to move on to Jose here and talk
3: a little bit about his background (laughs) and getting into the fold of Ghost House Pictures and how that all happened.
0: Yeah. Started working at Ghost House about a year and a half ago or something. It's like a dream come true. My love for horror started with Evil Dead. When I first started, I was actually just an intern. So that was about two years ago. And I just saw this application listing and I was like, I got to click and I got to apply and stuff. And I applied within like 20 minutes. I had heard back from them. They're like, can we interview you? So I show up and it was just like a dream come true. The only person that wasn't there was Sam Raimi, but all the posters were there. And I was kind of drooling a little bit during my interview. I just remember vividly never saying a single thing about myself. Not like what are my qualifications? I was just like, what what movies are you watching? What do you like? And stuff. I made such a fool out of myself. So I was so surprised when the following day I had gotten the internship and stuff and then must have done something right because later on I got hired and it's so cool going to work there every day being surrounded by posters from the movie that got me into horror movies and getting paid to make horror films I mean that's what I've wanted since I was a little kid it's definitely a dream come true I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's um amazing but, yeah. and, to,
3: and to do it on that scale with
0: yeah. the people Absolutely. who basically reinvigorated the entire genre. Yeah right? I'm, I mean I'm surrounded by people that just know so much more than me and it's so cool to just like go in and learn and bring things to the table too and get compliments from like Sam Raimi and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God.
1: Wow, thank you. Oh it's so cool.
2: And yeah. I feel like you are meant to be there because anytime I see those postings for those jobs, mm-hmm. I apply, I never hear anything <laughs> back. So like, you were meant to be there. If you I think I'll do 20 minutes after, oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. I know, I know. Like, I,
3: that's you. so great. That's so luck. great. How did the whole idea of doing the exhibit with Mystic Museum all
0: transpire? It's a little bit of a crazy story. One of the first few months that I actually started started at my job there i got a call from rob tapper who's the producer on the evil dead and he was like hey meet me in north hollywood and i was like okay so i go to north hollywood and then go to this storage unit and he's there and there's just a gigantic cavernous storage unit we walk in and it's just piled with things think like rob loves to fish so lots of fishing rods lots of like you know coolers stuff like that and he goes clean this up and then i'm like oh okay sure yeah so then I go i start cleaning things up moving fishing rods out of the way and stuff like that and like the corner of my eye see like a little glint what is that so i lift up like this tarp and call it a tarp i don't remember what was on top of it and stuff but it's a chainsaw and i'm like "Mm, can't be no way and i look at it and i'm like oh my god it's the chainsaw it's ash's chainsaw what is this doing in here and then slowly but surely as i start making my way through this huge storage unit i just start pulling out more evil dead props i'll move a box And then I'll flip the box over and on the box, it just says Necronomicons. And I'm like,
1: no no. way. Necronomicons. That's like an S at the end. And I was like, (laughs) oh "Oh my God. Plural. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then I'm like, hmm i see this bag and i i'm like why is it shaped like is this a fishing rod i open it up boomstick and it's no! just, there's just like all these different things and in that moment i was by myself there was no one to share this excitement with and honestly i felt so guilty i was like i know i love these movies but there are people out there that definitely love these more than me and it just feels so weird that i'm the only person that gets to experience wow. this and i just knew in that moment i was like somehow like we have to I have to find a way to show people these things. I definitely can't have people coming by Rob's storage unit and then the gear started turning. I had a few hours to myself cleaning out this thing so I was just like where could I do it? Well we could like rent a building and stuff and the day before
2: Was the I, date December 25th because like <laughs> it sounds like Christmas to me. Uh, or
0: October 31st yeah, like, yeah. No just some random August honestly like it was just some random August and the day before I had been to the Mystic Museum and I didn't know them at the time. I didn't know Kiko and Eric but I just saw them and and you could just tell from walking into this museum and like the allure that it has and the fact that you can look in every single corner, look at every single piece and you'll never see anything like the pieces that are in the store. And I was just like, man, these guys really love what they do. And I had been to a slash bag video and I was like, and they're really creative. They they really just love the genre, eat, sleep and breathe it and stuff. And um, that's when it really clicked. I went to Rob and I basically said, Hey, you know, what about this? What if we create This exhibit where we can show people these props that have been in a storage unit for 30 years. They've just been sitting there. I was kind of new at the time. And he was like, sure. Uh, (laughs) And then (laughs) then he was like, you just run with it. Do what you want and stuff. And I was like, "Okay, cool. I want to say like about a month later, I showed up at the museum and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've got all these evil dead props. I don't know what to do with them. Let's do a show. Eric was there, and he was like, by the way, I'm Eric. Nice to meet you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. hi, I'm
5: Jose. And
0: um, then we just started. It's been a long journey yeah. since, and here we are about two weeks away from opening night. Wow. It's great. Yeah. What a <laughs> story. I mean, yeah. that's...
5: Like here, not story, because that just means that, like, what we have done and accomplished is actually catching the attention of people, whether intern or non-intern, or other people, or artists, or just museum enthusiasts, and to the point where they remember us and they think about us and want our help with our projects or we want their help with our projects and they're like yes we want to work with you guys and i think that's the beauty of this city and what we do is being a community and willingness to work with each other and create something amazing for the rest of the community
3: back to the going through the storage unit for a yeah. second here so <laughs> this stuff probably hasn't even been hutched for the most
0: part. I can guarantee Maybe it. Maybe ever since the production wrapped. I can well, guarantee it because it was literally, it was so dusty that wow. <laughs> I had to like wipe the dust off it myself. Definitely no one's touched that stuff wow. uh, since. So no one has seen this stuff. I touched some of it. Yeah. <laughs> of it. yeah <laughs> okay, I, you guys did. Okay, we definitely touched it, yeah. it since. I <laughs> yeah. promise.
3: Yeah. So uh, it's amazing that any of it really still exists because back in the day, right, actually holding on to screen use props and things from film productions mm-hmm. is a relatively new thing. A lot of that stuff was just thrown out. It Exactly. The fact yeah. that they
0: were able to, like, how much stuff did they keep? There's quite a bit. There's a few pieces missing and stuff like that, but the essentials are there. I mean, you've got the deer head from the cabin. You've you got do? Nice. Are you serious? Yeah, yes. yeah. Not the uh, animatronic right? that, you know, with the crazy teeth and stuff, yeah. but the deer head. And you've got all these pieces. And I think it's just because Rob and Sam, they're so entrenched in this movie. I mean, this movie helped jumpstart their career. They have right. such love for it and reverence for it. And just the way that they talk about it inside of the office and, and the way that they treat the evil dead. That it's almost like it's their child. So like parting with parts of your child is a little bit difficult. So I think that's why they kept so many pieces of it. And we, we've we got a lot. So much so that we're like, how are we going to fit this all inside the museum? Really, there's there's a lot of surprises that we have. And we have all the big pieces. Let's just say we bought extra cases.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like cases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so literally, this is going to be the first time that any of this stuff has yeah. been ever seen. Yeah. I and mean, probably that even people
0: knew existed still. Exactly. I right. think, honestly, the three of us have seen it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yep. Wow. That's it. Cool. did you have to select like is there so much you had to select like mm-hmm. okay what
0: are we going to actually have yeah, yeah and we're still um going through still that still process doing right? anything, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean wow. again like it's almost like a baby like it's hard to part with and we're like wait how are we not going to show this piece and yeah, stuff like, so oh, we're what
4: about this one what about yeah. that one?
0: Oh, look at this having in depth conversations like, yeah. and stuff like that about what it is to keep inside oh of the museum God. how fucking works. fun right yeah. like you guys get to zip <laughs> through all this amazing pieces of
3: history yeah it's like being an Indiana Jones it's like walking into king tut's tomb basically mm-hmm. right being the first ones in king tut's tomb it was and it was just checking
0: it out yeah it was crazy oh. like i remember we did inventory recently and what should have taken about 30 minutes took about two hours because we were just kind of like drooling and we we're trying not to get our drool onto the props and stuff and it was just like wait 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 is this this we and and forgot like, we were working
4: just like, <laughs> that's so yeah. fun
0: and there's like there's some crazy like there's just a napkin amongst all these props and stuff, and on the napkin, it's just like a very crudely drawn map on how to get to the cabin. So it's like, oh, pass wow. past this rock on the left and, you know, take a right from there and then drive for two miles and there's the cabin. And it's just on this <laughs> napkin and I was like, this is so cool that a little mm-hmm. piece of paper, a drawing on a napkin has such an effect on people. I'm so excited for yeah. people to see this, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is yeah.
3: seriously epic. Mm-hmm. Like, this is wow. huge. Does the collection span all the original three films or does it go into the remake
5: or the Ash versus Evil Dead TV series or what is it kind of concentrated on? We're definitely focusing on the original. The will be personal collections of things from the franchise. And then the artist because there's also going to be an art show because they yeah. do that too. <laughs> they have free reign to do everything from the franchise. So <laughs> the, the artist will definitely have a little bit of everything which would be
0: really awesome to see yeah. it all and see how it grows. And if you jump on their Instagram yeah. page the Mystic Museum in yes. Instagram page it's It's just like seeing these paintings that these artists have created are incredible. Like I saw one of like just a close up of one of the deadites. Yeah. And it's just so like like I thought it was a picture from the movie and I was like, oh, why would they post a picture? Oh, that's a painting. Really? You're in for a treat. The coolest thing about the event, too, is that it's it's an immersive experience. These aren't just props in a white room or something like it's not a museum in that sense. You walk through the cabin you're going to be walking through the cabin you'll see some of the forest oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, so, yeah. yeah we're making it we're making
5: it like we do our shows <laughs> with all the, the th- cool stuff and but the we're bells and whistles stepping it up a couple notches for oh, this one yeah. no, for sure wow. yeah so there's going to be you'll non-stop like i think people's phones are going to die because they are going to take too many photos. Oh yeah, it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: We're probably not going to want to leave.
5: Yeah, now I'm yeah. going to leave. Wow. How many artists do you have taking part? Local artists?
3: About,
4: about 50, 45. About 50. 50. Wow, that's usually what we do. Yeah, it's yeah. a norm, yeah. normal amount yeah. for. Yeah.
0: yeah. The, oh, Our my. goal is to get you guys to uh, get an art piece from there. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah! <laughs>
3: hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: think I saw one of the
3: artists at Spencer Charnas. Are you serious? From Mice Nine Kills? Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's right. These have been a Boo Crew guest in the past. That's
4: awesome. That's
3: so killer. Yeah, we've got stuff from the Mystic Museum all over here too. Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, been shopping there for a while. What a cool thing. So is there any other events that you guys are playing? Like, what about like Raimi's
0: involvement or any of those guys ever talk about, oh, maybe we'll show up there. And- oh yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of involvement from the original cast and crew from the movie and stuff. This entire event has been Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, Rob Tappert approved. Like they've been in it every step of the way, approving, making sure that everything looks great and captures the feel of the movie. There are partners in this. There's a reason that it's Mystic Museum and Renaissance Pictures present Evil yeah. Dead and immersive experience. It's and blessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been blessed by Bruce Campbell on Twitter a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, I saw that. That's I, I kinda amazing. like myself a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we are um after the opening
5: gonna be planning a a signing with some of the cast that'll be announced at a later date. So definitely come the opening reception, which is September 7th, but also probably, I don't know when, but we're going to be doing other things within the three-month span mm-hmm. that will be
0: be open. The cool thing about the opening reception is you never know who's going to be there. Yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's yeah. really just like a toss-up.
5: Yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh so, my God,
0: I'm so excited
5: yeah. for this. I yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, like the reception demons. is going to be amazing. And we're going to, I think we're expanding so we'll have a lot more room for people for this opening reception. Definitely food, drinks, you DJ, entertainment. This open reception is also going to be stepping up a few notches from our other ones oh, too. That's going to be
3: amazing. I should just destroy the bank a
5: couple yeah. doors down
0: build into yeah. there <laughs> take out yeah. half magnolia yeah, yeah wow it, it's really cool too because there are some people that might not be able to attend the actual event but they've kind of put their stamp on the museum as well like we've got some people who worked on making the props in the movies from the original films and they've been donating part of their personal collection <gasps> too and it's really cool to just hop on the phone with them and hear the, their excitement that all these props get to be displayed and stuff and they might not be able to see it but they're like oh man like people finally get to see these things, these works of art and yeah. stuff. So Is um, Tom Sullivan one of them? Yeah, we spoke to Tom. That's so, awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: Designed the Necronomicon for the first Designer of the, yeah, the, of
0: the Necronomicon. And Joe LaDuca, of course, he composed all the scores for the Evil Dead films, even Ash vs. Evil Dead. I think the only thing he didn't do was the remake, but he curated the music for the event. So it, when, oh when my you God. walk into the wow. event, yes. what you're hearing is what Joe LaDuca <laughs> wants you to be hearing. So it's really, really cool <laughs> nice. just to hear everybody, like everyone kind of put but a little bit of input into this event and this really does feel like it belongs in the evil dead canon so
3: oh i have a really nerdy evil dead question <laughs> yeah. about the necronomicon i don't know if you'd be able to answer it but yeah you know the necronomicon's been reproduced in ways for ash versus evil dead and for evil dead one evil dead two absolutely when you open up that book and it's all these like handwritten pages is it all gobbledygook or is there a, like <laughs> oh. is each one have to be done exactly the same is there a rhyme or reason to what's in there so. There is a story. Is not, it is
0: not all gobbledygook. I can tell you from flipping through the pages that there are some hidden messages in there. Some words Sam Raimi is in there. Just his name. It just says <laughs> Sam Raimi. But in that like weird Kandarian text and stuff like that. I haven't found everything, that's for sure. I believe the hero prop, the actual Necronomicon, hand-drawn. Or maybe it was printed out and then they drew on top of it or something. Yeah. But you could definitely tell that it was like drawn by hand and um, painted over in blood in some places. Really cool to just take a look At that piece of history.
3: How did people get to the opening reception night, right? Is there tickets on sale for that? Do they sell out? How
5: does that work? So we have general admission like usual, so there's no ticket buying for that. Just to show up and we just have a general admission line. We usually and have always, actually always, have gotten made sure that everyone has actually gotten in as much as we can, so we just don't know the turnout for this one to guarantee that, but do we have um, tickets still available? Because we did have advanced tickets. No, I guess we... we
4: will probably... We'll add some more. Yeah. yeah
5: so there might be a little more advanced VIP yeah, we'll tickets available so you could just go to the Mystic Museum site or the Instagram and go to the link and I'll take you right to the VIP tickets and, right yeah. tickets. and that's about it you know just yeah. kind of show up oh, Yeah. And it's going
3: to be an insane uh, turnout yeah. right yeah. it's yeah. going to like the shut down Burbank we do have, we know the LA horror community and they for any they of your events yeah. they come out
0: yeah absolutely yeah. and if this come, one yeah. I think there's going to be people from right. out of
3: town sure yes, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. and that's, that's why those VIP yeah that's why those VIP tickets are so important yeah, we, you know they ensure that you get in there so that's what the vip is for and we we never really done the
5: advanced tickets before we just did general admission and it's because we had so many interest in people out of the state who wanted to come opening reception so we put those online so if you had your ticket you're guaranteed entry
3: so is that like yeah. a frontal line kind of the like yeah. two separate line it's kind of uh deal?
5: early entry front of the line it's an hour early uh so you could come an hour early or you could come anytime but That's then you could go to the front and just come in and you're guaranteed to enter so if we have to hold the line for a minute you could come in because you you have the, the advanced yeah. tickets and that way you don't feel bad about buying your plane ticket to come out but it does last for three months too so oh wow yeah oh, cool. Yeah. So,
0: so it's not just opening night opening night is September 7th but then it runs for another three months after that all the yeah. way to December 7th yeah. so opening night's really cool because like we said you know you never know who's actually going to be there but um, you know even if you miss it opening night we will be open for three yeah. months after that come oh. back <laughs> bring some friends yeah. after. And like
5: you said, we're going to plan some awesome fun events around Evil Dead for the three months. This is so um, fun. We yeah. do have sponsors for this show that Absolutely. I really want to Yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Who's sponsoring it? It's so awesome to work with these companies, and we really appreciate that they wanted to sponsor this event, and it just helps make it a way better yeah. event. So we have Shudder, who sponsored the event. If you guys know about Shudder, horror movie streaming. It's amazing. And what I know about them is all their movies are handpicked. So it's, a, it's amazing. Curated, yeah, just like, like the museum. Curated. <laughs> Creepy Co., which is a great company. You get your best creepy items that you want. They sponsor it and we'll also have their products in the store for sale. And of course, Fangoria. They're yes. amazing. Then we have Fright Rags, which is uh, sponsoring. And should we announce about that? Do it? Okay, yeah. so Fright Rags are actually helping us doing a limited edition only, I think, I don't know how many we're running, but we're doing a limited edition specialty event t-shirt. Evil Whoa, Dead T-shirt. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. One. Oh yeah, my
5: god. I'm wearing a Fright Rag shirt right now. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. On in the apocalypse, bitch. Then we got uh, the Haunt Store, which is sponsoring. They actually help with items that you need for your home haunts, and they actually do a lot of stuff. They have worked with Midsummer Scream. They've done a lot of their major build-outs there. They're awesome, and they help us out so much, so I can't say enough about the Haunt Store. Slashback Video is sponsoring this, because of course, you know, you had old-school VHS Evil Dead, you know, you gotta have the Slashback Video sponsoring it. And then Trick-or-Treat Studios is sponsoring as well, and we'll have. A like a lot of their product in the store as well for
0: this oh that's oh, killer, yeah, that's also killer got one other sponsor mm-hmm. as well the inflatable design group and mm-hmm. they've tricked us out with this huge inflatable of, uh, you know what, I'm just going to keep yeah. it a secret, but really, really yeah. cool <laughs> you inflatable. You'll they see do, it like, opening night. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to go to see it. God, this is so fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally losing my mind. Oh, I guess so crazy. We also haven't talked about uh, the photo ops, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah there's going to be some really, really cool photo ops there. I, I don't even think we should say anything. Yeah, about, I, 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 I have no, like, yeah.
3: I have a couple in mind that I can, I bet I'm seeing into Eric's head right now, <laughs> yep. and I could picture some, and they're going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> the one in particular I'm thinking of, and I'll probably, I'll ask him after if it's okay. if it's going to happen, yeah. but I, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be
0: excellent. There's going to be opening a lot. Next There's going to be five to six, six. Whoa! Yeah, wow! Mm-hmm. Like so, we said, people's phones are going to die. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> phones will die. I wanted to
3: talk about Slashback Video for a sec. Sure. Because Slashback Video has created such an impression with the horror community. People talk about it all the time. It comes back year after year. It's such a big deal. First of all, what do you think? about it resonates so much with the LA horror community and the horror community in general, and what's going on with it in 2020.
5: <laughs> All right, so what? I'll tell you what I think. How resonates. Obviously, there's Ryan Sierra, who's also our partners on that too. Yeah, and they're not here to tell you, but. I was just talking to them because they have a great passion for this. And it's just one of all of our passions. For me, what resonates is definitely the nostalgia of it. Remembering going to the VHS store when you're a kid to run a movie. Remembering how when you went to the VHS store, that's probably how, why you started liking horror. It's because you just see the horror section and it was the art the VHS cover art. Right. And that's right. what attracted you. And if you went to a mom and pop shop, you probably saw the cover art. You It wasn't just in a clear clamshell case with a little tag with the, you know, you had to bring it up, but you saw the posters and how you obtained your posters is you asked the owners like can i have that poster when you're going? with <laughs> yeah. you know and yeah. the standees that you you fished out of the dumpster after they another new release came out <laughs> i so, did all that shit yeah. all the time <laughs> so just that remembering the feeling and how like people aren't don't get jaded about getting old you're forever young by remembering what made you who you are in the horror community it's horror it's that a lot of people jobs are based around that now whether it's makeup effects, directors, producers, whatever. It's all based on that. A lot of people owe their lives to horror movies and it all started at the VHS store. Just what you're
3: saying, that tangible way of discovery and Mm -hmm. it was so exciting and you had to, you had to really give a shit about it. Going to the video store was like an event and you get to see all that box art and just be like, oh my God, and your mind just goes crazy looking at this fucking movie (laughs) imagining what it is and most of the time it's nowhere near (laughs) what
2: I just hated how everything I wanted was was always rented out like they didn't supply yeah. the enough oh yeah
3: but you had to go back and hope that it yeah, was fucking there like, I remember going back and find it, trying to find Nightmare on Elm Street 3 of like for weeks weeks, <laughs> weeks and then finally the little red tag was
5: on, oh shit it's in and it was like you fucking made your day I think how you found some of the best movies was when the one you wanted was rented so you had to pick <laughs> yes. something that's that so you had no idea what it was so true. and you're like yeah. wow I never knew that what this movie was straight to video <laughs> yeah. which is most horror movies I think right? 80s. yeah do you have anything to say about it? no
3: okay
4: you said it all yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right.
5: Cool. what about Slashback 2020 we do have something really amazing planned for Slashback 2020 can't discuss it just yet it's the secret so just keep following Slashback Instagram Museum Instagram but it is coming back in february and it's going to be amazing and just bigger than the last one just like the second one's bigger than the first one and it's going to be incredible oh it's good yeah. to know it's coming back, <laughs> I mean, back you guys are in
0: good hands <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was curious about the videos who
5: actually owns all, all these titles or is it just the cover art that's the one thing As like we say when we do stuff we want almost a little bit like purist like we make part of it is museum because you actually go and you see the original first release VHS or beta things like that we have a lot of it that is Slashback's personal collection a few that's mine and then some of it that is Ryan Sierra's and some that's Kiko's and then also we do have a lot of friends who donate their collection for the show it's a little bit of everybody so that's great
3: well if you're listening to this Italian release the Evil Dead and Immersive Experience begins starting September 7th right here in Burbank, California Kiko, Eric and Jose thank you so much for joining us guys
0: thank you Thank you guys oh, for having us.
3: That's so Woo!
1: Shut it off.
3: Kanda! Shut it off! That was the Boo Crew Podcast
1: episode 63.
2: Special thanks to our guests Kiko, Eric, and Jose. Follow the Mystic Museum at the Mystic Museum and Bearded Lady Vintage at Bearded Lady Vintage on Instagram where you can get tickets to the Evil Dead, an immersive experience. If you are listening to this at time of release, running from three months from September 7th.
3: This is the Boo Crew saying... Groovy. Wow, that actually sounded like Bruce Campbell.
1: I'm pretty good. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, Chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.
0: Bye.